Hello and welcome back to the latest Tink Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Today we talk to Andrew Lynch who co-founded the Huckletree Empire with Gabriella Hersham, building it into a major hub for scaling tech companies into hyper-growth sectors. He talks about Dublin's future as a European capital of tech, Huckletree's development plans for the year ahead and the role of co-working spaces as we move towards a hybrid work future. I'm joined today by Andrew Lynch, co-founder of Huckletree, uh, a co- co-working space empire he founded in, started in the UK. Um, Andrew, tell us about how Huckletree came about, because uh, I do remember talking to you maybe about five or six years ago, and um, it was very nascent business, and I don't think you've even had put boots on the ground in Dublin at that point. Um, so tell us, tell us about where, where, where it came from and, and, and where it is today. Yeah, so... Um yeah, I mean, as you say, we, we chatted a while back. I think I think you're right in saying that we were just looking at, at Dublin. I think it was 2016 or 17 or something crazy like that. We we, we then subsequently opened Dublin in, in the in late 2017. But I suppose the genesis um, behind Huckletree was um, was this you know boom, I suppose, in late 2014 of the the uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem in London. And Gabby, our CEO. Uh, came back from New York after working there for a couple of years and, and worked out of a co-working space over there, you know, the big bad elephant in the room, the, the WeWork, uh, uh, the WeWork juggernaut, and came back and said, actually, you know, there's probably a better way to do this. Uh, I wonder how we could do it. And at the time, I was working in uh, in private equity in London, having having spent a couple of years over there doing a master's, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, ended up chatting to Gabby for for quite a bit of time prior to me kind of biting the bullet and taking off the suit and tie and, and jumping in two feet first, I suppose, to to, to the entrepreneurial life and, and life as a founder with with Gabby. So that that first business opened in mid-2014 uh, in Clarkenwell and then, yeah, kind of went from strength to strength then from 2016 over in Shoreditch, uh, then went over West London over to a place called White City um, and then looked to, looked to spread our wings a bit. Uh, ended up in Dublin then 2017, 2018, Manchester and and a couple of London spots in between since then. So the genesis really was trying to trying to help entrepreneurs and founders scratch that itch and, and get them out of their corporate world and, and have a place and a community for them to do that from. So We'd like to think since then we've done that. Very good. And and today you're on Academy Street, which is near Pierce Street, and it's the former Twitter building. Um, t- tell us about the uh, how many people are there and how many companies are there and the kind of uh, community that you're, you're you're building there. Yeah. So Dublin, um, you know, Dublin's been a pretty a pretty uh, a pretty big success story for us. I think since opening, as you say, the Academy building um, in 2017, we. We typically try and focus our member base on specific themes or sectors. We think there's a lot of uh, synergies between you know, ensuring that there's a right curation fit uh, within those team members. So, for example, um, you know we have a very specific GovTech uh, hub in Westminster. You know the kind of powers of uh, holds of power over in the UK, um, which is focused uh, on any essentially any technology business that empowers the way government operates. Um, and then that over in White City, beside BBC HQ, it's very much media tech, uh, focused on kind of media fashion. Um, and then, as you say, Dublin. Then uh, you know, normally in our first location in any city is, is a little bit more generic. Still very focused on the innovation ecosystem, um, and we've evolved that uh, to you know house some of I suppose Ireland's biggest tech businesses now. So we mentioned Times. 
uh, a couple of months ago. They just joined actually during COVID. You know, clearly the guys in Times raised a, a very large round and one of the bigger success stories to come out of Ireland uh, over the last couple of years. Um, and then some uh, non-Irish businesses looking to set up shop in Ireland. So the likes of Silicon Valley Bank, who have their HQ there, um, as well as uh, Starling Bank, um, who set up last year looking for a kind of a foothold in Europe as they spun out of uh, out of London. And then all else in between, we have a business called Nine Dots, which is kind of uh, tech uh, recruitment, which obviously is the glue behind all of the, the larger tech businesses in Ireland, making sure that the right talent are in the right place at the right time. Um, and then, yeah, everything from the smaller the smaller guys up to the bigger guys on the agency side and investors, etc. So it's a, it's, a, it's a mixed bag in Dublin. We've got 70 companies and 400 members. Um, uh, some are bigger, some are smaller. I think our biggest is maybe 40 or 50 and our smallest, of course, is uh, is one. <laughs> and did, did the pandemic have a chilling effect? I, when, I, when I was thinking of March 2020, we're nearly two years now, most of us working from home, you know, did, did it have a chilling effect on, 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 you know, how people viewed co-working spaces and, and, and the kind of service and, and, and facility you provide? Or was it the opposite? Because I often, part of me was thinking a lot of people would have been stuck. If you're living in Dublin and maybe in shared accommodation, you probably needed somewhere to go to be actually get away from a, you know, a crowded workspace, you know, in a time when, when everything's locked down. So did, did the pandemic have a, a chilling effect or a transformative effect for, for you guys? Yeah, pretty off the shelf answer here. I'll give you both. Um, that sounds a bit ridiculous, but very, <laughs> very chilling and cold. You can imagine in the early stages of the pandemic, um, sentiment was incredibly negative about traveling and guidance was clearly work from home when you can. Uh, and then it eventually got to just work from home full stop um, with everything closed. So from that period of time, you know, I sometimes say that we were, we were selling ice in a snowstorm and, uh, and that was obviously incredibly, incredibly difficult. I think, you know, Gabby and I learned a huge amount over the last two years. We call it our, our kind of two year practical MBA um, <laughs> because, because a lot, I suppose, a lot of founders over the last five or seven years um, haven't really had it that bad. From a macro perspective, it's been things have been going very well. Uh, access to capital for the good companies has been has been relatively relatively seamless. Um, and COVID really was that first big, big macro and micro shock um, for I would say a generation. Really, the last ten years, people people. A lot of people wouldn't remember the the global financial crisis back back when it happened, um, and a lot of us would. So, mm. I think our biggest thing was batting down the hatches early on. Uh, really spend that time to look at our business model, look at our product, look at our member base, look at who's using the space, um, and fundamentally, even tr- through that kind of you know time, just post COVID, you know post kind of COVID really taking hold. Um, our biggest ambition there was to remain open, remain remain as accessible as we possibly could at the locations for the for the people that could not work from home. Um, you know, many of us, myself included, are incredibly lucky that we have the space to work from home. But we're the we're the one percent of people that are actually able to do that without it affecting us mentally and and mm-hmm. physically and 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 all else in between. So. So we did have quite a decent amount of footfall in a lot of the locations through COVID because people just had to get out of the house and they needed to go somewhere. Um, and actually, oddly, I won't mention any names, but we did have as well some some employees of very big tech companies around Dublin and London that specifically out of their own pocket took took flexible space off us during the pandemic because they fundamentally were not allowed in the building. 
and I, I think I think that's it. I think, and I think as much as we talk about home working or remote working uh, or hybrid working, I, I think people are kind of social animals in a lot of ways. And even if you go into a building to work, it's not so much even having to talk or interact. It's just knowing there's a buzz going around. Isn't that what people want? Sometimes, sometimes you might sit in a coffee shop just for the ambience, you know? Absolutely. And and I think, you know, again, don't get me wrong, there probably wasn't much buzz around most of the time during lockdown. But um, but I think I think people people love and respect boundaries. And I, I think, you know, I heard a very good phrase uh, uh, during lockdown where somebody said, you know, we're not we're not working from home. We're living at work. Dublin's tech scene um, over the last decade. I've I spent most of my career covering tech, and I'll always love tech. Um, you know, the the thing about it though is, I, I see on one hand, I think big tech has gone very homogenous and almost boring in the sense that big big tech companies are dominating the scene. But at the same time, if you looked at the local scene, you've never seen Irish tech look so healthy in terms of how big local companies have gotten. There'll be five unicorns now, the most recent being Flipdish, Let's Get Checked, and and others. Um, And we've got great companies coming up, uh, Buy Me and others. There's just a great energy. Um, So as much as I rail against big tech, I think um, even though there was a seed funding glut, there is a a certain resurgence and certain era forming around uh, Irish companies going big, Intercom is another one, you know, some, some amazing, amazing energy, amazing, amazing entrepreneurs, but a long way, long way to go. Um, but there was recent, uh, I think Dublin recently uh, was awarded joint second place with Malaga in the EU's European Capital of Innovation Awards, losing out only to Dortmund in late 2021. One of the narratives I, I certainly drew, drew in at least in the year, era between 2010 and 2020 would have been, you know, Dublin could be Europe's tech capital city. And from the point of view of the companies we have here, LinkedIn, Facebook, IBM, Google, uh, I think Google's our, Dublin's biggest employer now. Um, we certainly have the credentials, uh, but that crown will only glisten if we have more of our own homegrown companies. What do you think needs to happen to make Dublin Europe's tech capital? And we are competing against Berlin and London and the sheer scale of those cities and what they have to offer from the point of view of infrastructure and scale is off the charts. Um, but Dublin has always had something special. It's always had a magic in my mind. Uh, what, what do you think needs to happen to kind of cement ourselves as, as, as a prime location for tech in Europe? Yeah, I mean, very, very big question. Um, if I had all the answers, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be a rich man. I think, look, I think, I think there's a couple of kind of easy solutions. Um, there's a couple of very, very difficult solutions. I think some of the easier solutions is kind of, you know, ensuring that um, the capital being raised early on is is Irish capital. And I know we're seeing some, you know, the likes of some of the, the bigger funds in Ireland now really looking at this seed stage and, and looking at how they kind of vet and incubate and mentor uh, some of the founders um, who are actually looking now. I think COVID is uh, certainly an inflection point um, for the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Ireland, I think for two reasons. I think one, um, people have started to become somewhat disgruntled in jobs that they might have only been at for some of the perks. You know, you think of some of the um, slightly more, I don't mean this to sound in a bad way, but slightly more boring roles at some of the very large tech businesses. I know, like so, so free, free food and free dry cleaning is a lovely foil. If, if you're just if you're just spending your day on Excel spreadsheets, right? So absolutely, absolutely. So you know, and again, don't get you know, we have to remember 
there is a, there is probably the majority of people in the world that don't actually like their job. We always we always look at it thinking it's this kind of amazing uh, amazing place to live and, and everyone <laughs> loves their job. And it, but but actually often it's the people that you work with, it's the perks, it's mm. the getting out of the house, it's it's all of that. And when you remove all of that, you're stripped back to simply the job and the mm. role. And um, you know if that's data entry or kind of simple customer service, actually maybe maybe that's not suited for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think I think what COVID is, has stripped back is 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 that. And and I know you know I know personally a lot of senior executives in in a lot of the Irish big Irish well big tech companies based in Ireland who are who are looking to scratch that entrepreneurial itch and and essentially have used the the time maybe the extra time that they potentially could have had. You know, no commute, no in between meetings um, to, to to hustle and, and to try and find essentially uh, solutions to products that that that, that or to, to to issues to general issues that are out there. And you, you know, going back to why Dublin, you know, there are a lot of fundamental issues at hand now, making Dublin almost impossible for people to stay in or, or set up in. Uh, one is the simple stuff like housing issues, mm. childcare. Um, and the other one is is obviously policy stuff with regards to taxation, taxation both on a personal level, but also taxation of of incentivizing investors to get behind you know uh, early stage early stage investors. So, I think there's definitely lots and lots of issues at hand. You know, uh, from from Huckletree's perspective, I think we're trying to double down on making it easier for people to set up. Obviously, we we kind of consider ourselves the the glue, the the, the infrastructure behind behind elements of the, the startup uh, ecosystem, bringing the people together to, to empower that. Um, and, I, I, you know, the, the likes of Republic of Work in Cork are also doing that. Mm. Porterhouse up in Galway um, and our good friends over in Dogpatch as well, Paddy mm. and the guys. So so we're really trying our best to, you know, trying to make it easier, um, trying to put together the connections and the funding and the technology and the resource to make things a bit easier for people to, to set up and stay. But... It really, it really takes founders, and I think based on a couple of the names you just you just mentioned, it is happening. Uh, I think the pace is is evidently it's increasing exponentially because you know all of a sudden we've had, you know, I think one of the numbers was uh, something like just over 100 million, um, 100, I think it was 115, 116 million uh, raised in 2013. By 2008, it was 523, and and now it's now it's multiples of that. So I think. I think the the time is now, and I think I think due to COVID and other factors, a lot of you know wannabe founders and entrepreneurs are, are really biting the bullet and taking the leap. Brilliant. And, and in terms of your own um, predictions and plans for the year ahead, uh, you, you you've got innovative development plans, and you're looking at kind of uh, like in 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 Q four twenty one, you saw membership grow by 35%. That kind of, again, it's a great, it's a great 35%. It's a great way of encapsulating that kind of energy I'm talking about. Um, what, what, what does 2022 look like for you guys? And what's, what's, what are the, the big uh, innovations that you guys are planning? Because um, what I do like about you guys, and you mentioned uh, Republic of Work in Cork, Dogpatch in Dublin, is the, you all try to put your own individual stamp on things and, you know, make each of your offerings very different. I think you know Dublin is a big growth market for us. We we have one. The, the plan was back in 2017 to have more, but mm. of course you know we have to we have to factor in COVID and yeah. and all of the other issues that come with that. So 
So we are, we are, you know, we are looking at other buildings now around around Dublin. Um, we obviously have partnered now, and not obviously, but we we have partnered with uh, with NoCo recently, which mm. I know you covered a while back. Um, essentially, giving our members and NoCo members ability to access lots and lots of different spaces across Ireland and the UK, all all kind of under one membership. Mm. And I think that kind of decentralised approach. Decentralized for on a global scale, but also decentralized from Dublin. Yeah, I've always I've always believed that. Like, if you if you if you become a member of of a facility like Ockletree or a Dog Patch, that you know, would it be great to have a card that you can go wherever you go in the world that allows you then suddenly just you know, or Ireland, or, you know, you're in you're in Cork for a day, or Limerick, or, or you know, Belfast for a day. That there's a place you know you can work. It's going to be familiar to you, and you can just turn on your laptop and work and get on with it if you have to. You know, the kind of way and that 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 those kind of networks are very important across Ireland, even. You know, no, I I agree across Ireland and and of course, you know, our our big theme this year is is um. Is is the London access as well? I mean, there, mm. there's access to further investment. There's you know, there, there's you know, I'm a big believer in travel, just on a on a human level. Um, yeah. And it's not it's not like it's not like I'm sitting here banging the drum, having spent ten years away, saying <laughs> all founders need to stay in Ireland forever and ever and, and never leave. Um, but there is a lot to be said for the quality of life in Ireland. Again, I'm an example of that, having having just moved back to Ireland. So. Um, you know, two two young two young daughters now, wife, new house, all that all that good stuff. So, and I think there's a lot of that as well. And I think that also is what we're seeing. A lot of the the members we're we're kind of uh, chatting to at the moment are are entrepreneurs and founders and executives who have spent several years out of the country and who are coming back and and who are looking at the various you know social issues in Ireland and and looking at ways to figure out how to how how to solve those things. So I think you know. From from our own space perspective, there's a huge amount of um, digital innovation now in security, SaaS, kind of fintech, AI. You mentioned uh, earlier uh, Web three. You know, I, I look. You have to take a lot of this with a pinch of salt. I do think there's it's quite buzzy at the moment. A lot of buzzwords. Mm. Um, but you look at some of the Irish, you know, companies now that 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 have kind of claimed unicorn status over the last while. They're very practical businesses. They're not. They're not, you know, they're not kind of super deep speculative AI businesses that may or may not pan out uh, in a few years. They're they're really solid, sturdy businesses founded by people that actually know what they're doing and have experience. It's not the kind of dropout, for the most part at least, it's not the kind of dropout 17, 18, 19 year old kind of rolling the dice, having raised millions and millions trying to figure it out along the way. Mm. Um, they are They are actual cash generative businesses that, that I believe actually really deserve that deserve that status and um, and deserve everything they get. Uh, to be honest, so so from our perspective, it's always about making sure that uh, our members are getting as most out of us and uh, as they can, and we're giving as most uh, as much as we can to them within the within the ecosystem um, and just rebuilding. To be honest, it's been a it's been a pretty shitty two years, really. To be frank and. Uh, and and whoever says otherwise um, is uh, is is either lying or or actually just finds themselves, you know, at the precipice of of uh, of, of a really really big boom in, in a market. Um, and again, let let's get checked. Obviously, as one of the one of those guys who mm. um, who've done incredibly well um, and really 
found their niche at a time where it was massively required. So, um, so kudos to them. Brilliant. With that, Andrew, thank you so much. Uh, again, I, I hope uh, it's, it, it's, it's fantastic to see you guys get through the pandemic and, and again, be in the eye of the storm when it comes to growing Irish tech. So uh, keep up the good work. Thanks again. Thanks, John. Appreciate it.